tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tinfall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to Rock. join me as always. Uh, apparently not deported, Xavier Guerrero. <laughs> and on the ones and twos, Jay Nice, Johnny Wooded. How are you guys? I'm back. You're back? What, like, it people, fooled me. It fooled I, me, dude. I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, Ezone yeah. thought he was funny. He told everybody I got deported because I wasn't on We Don't Smoke the Same. It blew up. George Where, was getting called. My Where mom got a call. We're just in Arizona. Yeah, my mom was like, hey, your sister said that she's getting phone calls, but I was, you know how you're on the road and you don't use your phone? Yeah. I was ignoring my sister and she had to call my mom. She's like, hey, what happened? And how I was, was Prisby? Like, huh? It was exactly what you said. War. Yeah, war. War, Bad. bro. Bad. War. Nothing like Tucson. Tucson was fun. Tucson was fun. But war. War. Brisby is war, bro. War. It's just like you're battling everything. The elements, yeah. the fucking... <laughs> the, it's just crazy. I yeah. tell people, I'm like, dude, this isn't for everybody. Oh, no, dude, don't like oh, it. I'm like, I don't fun. know. I don't know. It's like Stanhope territory. Right? Oh, it's oh, Stanhope yeah. territory. Oh, he lives in there, right? Doesn't he? Yeah, it's like yeah. fear. If fear and loathing what in Las guys? Vegas was a was a, a comedy club. What are those guys called? That he hang, the, the unbookables or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, that, yeah I mean, yeah. it's that. Yeah, kind it's of, war. Yeah. It's war. The nicest people. I love that town. Like, if you ever want to disappear, that's oh, a great wow. town to disappear. I want to thank everybody who came to uh, New Jersey uh, for four pack shows. Damn, wow. they were great. Um... We thought we were going to have a guest. Didn't happen. That's okay. And But, man, the podcast was great uh, with Tommy G and um, and Mike Romanelli. I'm going to listen to the audio. If it was good audio, we'll put it out. But if it's not, probably won't come out. But we'll see. And then uh, all the stamp was great, man. It felt good. I had like a new 30 out of nowhere. Oh, that was crazy. So thank you, Jersey. You are a class act. Things you never thought you'd hear in your life. And how's your how's the dojo? Your actual your own venue, dude. It's so yeah, beautiful. It's different because you you don't really? go off often. It's yeah. gorgeous, oh, man. Cool. He listened to me, and we still have some work. I want to make a, a better stage and better lighting. But outside of that, dude, crush. You remember the first time you, we were there <laughs> before a wedding? I'm like, dude, what are we? What is this? What are we doing? An office building? <laughs> No, it's a real comic club. Nice and black lavender. I made it lavender. There we go. I go, dude. Just pretend. That we're making a haunted house that's designed by a hot chick. That's what we want this to look like. <laughs> and it fucking looks good, dude. It looks fucking good. Hey, if you want to see me live, I have some wonderful shows coming up. Uh, this week, this uh, Wednesday night, uh, two shows, Comedy Chaos. Second show sold out. You have an opportunity to come to the first one. It's got Christina Pajinski. Uh, who else is on it? It's everybody and their mothers on the freaking show. There's a rumor. I might be in attendance. In the, in oh, the shit. Johnny gonna be there. 
Uh, so many great people. With my uh, Trevor Wallace, Taylor Tomlinson, Orny Adams. Uh, Craig Robinson cannot make it. So we're going to add Ian Edwards. Oh, oh nice. shit. Let's yeah, go. We don't fuck around. Oh, you were just like, we got to get another black guy in there. Oh. <laughs> Dude, if I didn't have that, be zero black guys. Can't on the it. whole show? On the oh, whole you have show. To have one. So I have yeah. to have a You're black. LA, I have, have to have to. a black. You have to. You're in LA. It's, it's, it's Mando. <laughs> so I was doing a joke. I got to ask this stuff. I can be honest with me. If I say I like super light skinned black chicks, like where there's more coffee, more cream than coffee. Yeah, they're going to get you. Or like super black. Is that racist? No. Well, I, I mean, but the, the crowd reacts like it. Super black is okay. but no. Like super black? Yeah. Like I want deep space black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Is that racist? The absence of light, yeah. Is that? No, no, sounds like no. the whole opposite. I mean, people like what they like, man. You can't. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the whole thing. Like, that's what I'm attracted to. No. Like, Either like, super light, like even beyond Beyonce, or like dark as fuck. Uh, Is you, that racist? No, no it's but, like, what gets you, your you, dick they don't, they don't understand that you like different things. Like, I've never heard a guy that likes big teeth. I do Sam love loves big teeth. Sam loves big teeth, and he, he calls bitches out. He's like, that girl's got big teeth. Yeah, you got big teeth. <laughs> do you mind crossing your eyes real quick? <laughs> My girl hates nope. it. I do that too. With different they don't know what big teeth what do you are like? for. I like, oh, you know, nice ass. Johnny, yeah. you a fat ass guy? Not a fat one, but you know, a nice one. Yeah. It's always crazy when you see a nerd chick walking. I was telling, talking to you today about yeah, yeah. it, and just she, she she walks by you, and she's got the biggest bubble butt. They're all doing these squats now, it's man. It's a squat game, doing. dude. And dude, they wear the short shorts. They go, it's like crazy. Oh, Anyways, I'm going to be, speaking of hot nerds, I'm going to be in San Francisco, August 5th and 6th. Uh, first show is going to be great. We're going to have my, I'm headlining. I have my friend August, Augustino Zoida featuring, and you never know who might jump up. And then the second show that night is going to be Tinfoil Hack Comedy Night. Eddie Bravo, Xavier Guerrero, and you never know who else would jump in. Power to the people. Come get weird, man. Uh, Cops was the first time we realized Tim Fall Hat was a movement. So come join us, San Francisco. Let's go. Let's fucking go. And I have a bunch of other shows coming up. You can go to samtriplee.com for all that. Listen, you got to go to samtriplee.com because that's where all the magic is. You want some premium content? Not enough here? Boom. I got Tim Fall Hat Premium. Zero on my spiritual show. And one of the greatest shows ever of all time, Conspiracy Social Club. People are loving it. Tim Fall Hat T-shirts. I have two new T-shirts about to come. I'm very excited about them. The, fir the first one should be done very soon. And then uh, that, you can go grab that at samtribly.com. Just click the link. Then my, my cameos are fire, dog. Fire cameos. Go grab those. And then people are buying gold and silver at Wise Wolf. Click the link. You'll get taken care of. Uh, we have some wonderful, look at that. Bang, bang, bang. Buy it. Okay? And then the telegrams are fire. Only Conspiracies Telegram and Zero. Join them. They're wonderful conversations. I have so much free content for you guys. Uh, you can listen to Tim Fall Hat. Broken Sim is the new one drops when? Tonight? Tomorrow? Yeah, tonight in the morning. Yeah. Tonight in the morning. After I love that. After tonight in the morning. morning. Yeah, that was great. That sounds like some fucking <laughs> emo band fucking album. Tonight in the morning. After midnight. <laughs> After midnight. Cash Daddies. Uh, Punch Drunk. And then we have the Union of the Unwanted, which is one of the most important conversations out there. Then you can get old episodes of my premium content, Zero and Conspiracy Social Club. We have a 24-hour uh, 
radio station. You can listen to me anytime, all the time on that. So we'll see how it goes. I don't know, man. Uh, just go check it out. Anything else, guys? Uh July 30th, I will be in Yuma. Bisping was enough. Arizona's not enough. So we're going to be in Yuma. So if you're close to Yuma, go buy your tickets at George P. Comedy. It's going to be me, George, and Sidek Getty. So, you know, Sidek Getty, one of my yeah, favorites. He's coming out. So, one of the best names in comedy. Oh, one yeah. of the best names in comedy. <laughs> also, guys, check out my YouTube channel. Uh, we're dropping comedy on yeah. there all the time. YouTube.com slash Sam Tripoli. Yeah, go check that out. We're doing uh, some really fun, quick hits from my uh, Broken Sim show that Johnny and I do. Uh, that's about it. If you want to see the craziest fast food fight, we got it for you. See, Johnny, oh, that shit. is perfect, that thumbnail. We got to make a uh, Broken Sim uh, uh, quick clips. like uh, It has a little thing, and if you look in the bottom left. Okay, it says boom, B- boom. It's called BS Bites. All right. Oh. All right. Oh, look at that. It's got a lot of views I want to watch. Oh, you guys got to watch. You guys got to go there. Oh, Start it came out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, you don't miss out on this one. All right, guys, I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's with the, the OG of OGs, my good friend, and hopefully yours, Greg Carwood from the High Side Chats. Enjoy. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. All right, let's get into it. He's one of the OGs of this whole thing. He's one of the originals. Uh, his show is like the gold standard of... Uh, conspiracy podcast i'm very excited to have my good friend back from the higher side chats greg carwood how are you brother hey what's happening man honored to be talking to you again i love you man i love you too buddy it's always a pleasure um i don't know why but i you know i follow you and like what you're doing and what you're thinking and you know you're like we're we're two two conspiracy theorists who have wonderful podcasts uh, and we still live in California. I think you live in the better area than I do. And, you know, I, I keep hearing you thinking about moving, which is sad because I always think San Diego is like the golden place. What's going on? Oh, yeah, you're right, man. We got to be the last two people getting off the sinking ship. Not a lot left to do, but pour yourself a drink, have a smoke, put on your favorite music, and basically. <laughs> Shuffle the furniture on the Titanic because it's going down. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm basically like looking all over the country for places to reestablish myself. Uh, it's you got to look at factors like can I get three to five acres? Can I grow? Is the soil pretty decent? Uh, what's the income tax like? I mean, anywhere is better than California, but between the taxes, the limited space, and the politics, I'm just done. I mean, I feel like it's time to use the advice of the great guests that we talk to and and make good on some of that. I mean, we are like the last people to get off the ship. Uh, you have an excuse. You know, you're in a, a stand-up hub, and that's kind of your thing. But I have no reason why I couldn't just do this anywhere and why I shouldn't leave. Yeah, I, I, I think... I, I my biggest concern about you, brother, is like you've lived in San Diego where it's like body temperature weather. Like yes. anywhere you go is going to be like, fuck this, bro. And you're gonna have to power through it. It, it is so hard to go from I mean, San Diego is where Brazilians go to vacation. <laughs> like that's how nice it is. It it's is true. it's so ordered and it's it is the white Miami, in my humble yeah. opinion. Um, 
Well, I got lucky because I grew up in Missouri, so I I know how bad it can be, and I had to make a move, and I did some research on where I wanted to be. I could be broke anywhere on a GameStop salary, so I moved to San Diego. (laughs) I'm lucky that I enjoyed over a decade here, but the party's over. Yeah, (laughs) I get it, dude. I mean, we've been watching. I mean, so I got a question real quick because we have a bunch of stuff you want to talk to. Johnny, do you know if Google moved their headquarters out of San Francisco? I, like, did I they actually that. move you mean like to Alphabet? LA? Alphabet. Yeah. Did they move to LA or did they move to tech? I know they were going to go somewhere else. And I think some other tech companies have because I was watching it this. It says they're headquartered in Mountain View, uh, which I assume is a Bay Area. In California? Yeah. Okay. I thought they'd move. Because something's happening in San Francisco. Yeah, it's, pa- it's near Palo Alto. And... Recently, they they got rid of the DA that was pushing all this Marxist shit. And the new DA walked in and just went straight up, fired everybody. You're all fucking gone. And we've seen this in San Francisco where they're getting rid of the board. They got rid of three of the most extreme school board members. They're gone. So something seems to be happening in San Francisco. Whether it's soon enough or it can happen quick enough, I don't know. But there is a movement to go. I have zero faith that will ever happen in Los Angeles. You don't think so? I I, I don't. I no. don't. Like you don't think people are getting tired of all the looting and the homelessness? I mean, at least when the Olympics come, shit's got to change when the Olympics come. I mean, dude, and Johnny thinks I'm a crazy person. And when I say this, and maybe it's the wrong way of looking at it. But when I see big crimes happen in these really, really rich areas, part of me goes, now you know how everybody else feels. You've been, you've been voting this progressive shit because you live in an area where you've been insulated for it forever, and now it's come to your neighborhood, and look what your policies have uh, created. It's funny. A lot of it's, it, 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 that's the counterintuitive thing. A lot of the, the wealthy people aren't. I mean, you know, you would think that they're the ones that are they're super progressive, but not always. I mean, where I'm from, the, the wealthy people are all the Republicans. I mean, they're the yeah, people who don't North want the Carolina. taxes. We're talking about... Yeah, in but, Hollywood. Uh, the reason I don't, the reason I, the reason I think you're crazy about that is because when crime happens in those neighborhoods, sometimes it's happening to good people who don't deserve it. And I'm not know? saying that they're bad people. I no, don't no, no, think but these I'm, stores I mean, like, get people robbed. who don't vote the way you're talking about. Still, it's some of them are going to be their stores. I mean, a lot of business owners aren't aren't progressive, like especially in Beverly Hills. A lot of those people down there. Are, I, I I understand what you're saying. What are your thoughts on that, Greg? Well, I think that is another element of a full spectrum attack on really small business because the major corporations, they can weather the storm of some crime waves, just like they weathered the storm of the lockdowns. Small mom and pop businesses cannot do that. And right now they're applying that to farms and, you know, smaller independent food producers. And it's getting really scary. I mean, that's the thing, like, the thing, reason I got to leave California is I'm worried about World War Three. I'm worried about the technocracy overlay that will hit these big cities in a major way. I'm, I'm worried about food supplies. I'm worried about population density in the area that I live. And I think it's really time to make some changes based on the people I'm listening to. See, as you know, I'm just a guy and I have what I think are high level resources and guests who are experts in a whole range of of disciplines and i just listen to them so i don't really know much about let's say the commodities market but when i hear four or five different guys that i hold in high regard saying that 
the commodities market is about to collapse like the housing market collapsed in 2008. And it's going to have a crazy domino effect on the whole economy and the food supply chain. I start to get concerned because the point they're making is that these farmers, they they have contracts, right, that they have to deliver on. And if they don't deliver on that contract, they face a fine. The commodities traders, if their deals don't go through, they also face a fine. So this is really scary because, of course, the fines, I guess, are supposed to incentivize the food chain to always meet its quotas. But if a farmer can't meet its quota and is going to face a fine, the reason they can't make their quota is because they're struggling. So now you're going to fine them. And this is another element of a full spectrum attack on independent business. And these people, once they fold and Bill Gates buys the land, there is no coming back. Now it's a cricket farm. Now you're eating GMO crickets and impossible burgers and it's over. Uh, but that's the kind of stuff that I'm worried about. Yes. The crime uh, in certain areas of California is getting nuts. I think it gets a lot of attention. I think it's crazy to see those trains that are robbed with all the Amazon packages uh, just thrown everywhere. That's bad. It is. But the food supply stuff is just really insane to me. And I, if you've ever listened to people like Christian Westbrook, the Ice Age farmer, or David Dubine from uh, many Ice Age conversations, Joel Saladin is a guy that I had on. He's like kind of the king of, uh, of independent farming and teaching people how to actually do it. This archetype of a poor farmer struggling every day. You know, he he bucked that pretty hard in all of his books. And he's like, no, this is a abundance creating business. And it's it's something where a lot more people are going to have to do because they got us addicted to their systems. And now they're rug pulling us, man. They're taking it all away. And I think according to some of these people, as scary as it sounds, we could be four months to 14 months away from a serious, serious collapse where if you haven't done any preparation at all for it you're probably pretty fucked. And so that's why, you know, if you look at my recent shows, yeah, I've been talking about plasma intelligences and dog men and MK ultra. Well, in the next month, I'm doing a really hard pivot towards these experts in sustainable agriculture, the supply chain, you know, how much more do we need to know about Bigfoot? Yeah, he's out there somewhere. Great. He sometimes throws rocks at people's tents. All right. What are you going to do when you can't feed your family in maybe four to six months? Guys, we've seen so many people making ridiculous money from crypto. But did you know that it's easy for you to do the same? The Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy him. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest. You simply do what he does. So let me tell you about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which despite heavy censorship, has over 17,000 subscribers and 1 million views. Since March 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put $100 into each one, it would now be worth more than $53,000. Of the 26 coins, his top pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, is currently up over 440 times from when he named it. That one call alone has retired a number of people, including guys in their 20s and 30s. 
Remember, this is public knowledge. You can go to YouTube and verify it yourself. So if you'd like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, then stop what you're doing and head over to copymycrypto.com slash TFH. You'll not only find proof of everything I've said here, but our listeners can get full access for just $1. You won't find this offer anywhere else, but act fast because it ends soon. That's copymycrypto.com dot com forward slash tfh that's tfh don't take this offer lightly james is the real deal go visit the site now guys i want to tell you about our new exciting sponsor dead grass that's right it's summer lighten up bro light it up get it going dead grass is great anytime they can help you chill out before a big meeting or be a nice replacement for your evening glass of wine they are the perfect pairing for everything summer has to offer okay daggrass is legal organic hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind daggrass cbd products are made of 100 percent organic hemp that's easy to dose and effects come on smooth bam they offer a variety of products from their token smokable pre-rolled joints as well as hemp flower and variety of cbd tacticature drops what's that called tacticure tincture Tincture. 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 There we go. Okay. All dead grass products are federally legal for 18 and over and ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Go to dadgrass.com slash tinfoil to check out their products. Okay. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash tinfoil go to dadgrass.com slash tinfoil for 20% off your first order that's dadgrass.com tinfoil okay check out their website it's badass their name's badass i love everything about dadgrass i do too as a george harrison fan they've got george harrison ashtrays george harrison rolling papers this is a sick website this is a sick website go check out their website use the promo code tinfoil Get weird, but not too high weird, okay? Enjoy. It is unbelievable to me that we as a society have allowed it to get to this moment. And it is a very small group of people. And, you know, I'm watching this video of this Canadian guy with the fucking worst, like, haircut of, a, like, a beta sissy bitch. And he's like, I'm just doing my job. I need your passports. I need it. And you're like, dude, blood. I mean, like, how are those people going to be allowed to function when everything just goes nuts? Like, how are you going to allow that person to live amongst people when he was so willing quickly to do the bidding of the overlords? How are we going to do it? How are you gonna, how's that guy going to function? Where's it, what's he going to do? Just walk around going, ah, just doing my job. We all know that's not an excuse. Right. I mean, the people who say they're just, just doing their job, the people who are just following orders, uh, the people who trust the system, honestly, that's kind of what really gets me down and into a, a depression if I really start thinking too much about it. It's like I can already see the way this system is essentially attacking us, squeezing us, but they've got some 
backwards justification for each aspect of the plan. And I just think about the people I know who trusted every word about COVID and the shots and they're quad vaxxed at this point. And I'm just like, I can already see how the system's going to justify squeezing you, starving you. And you're going to just sit there and be like, well, they're doing the best they can. You know, I know they're looking out for me. If Two million birds because one bird, one chicken at the factory tested positive for bird flu on a PCR test. Sketchy, sketchy. Yeah, uh, they're going to they kill just the whole plant. They kill all the birds. People are going to say, oh, well, you know, what could they do? A bird tested positive for bird flu. It's like, are you that dumb that you don't see that they are just creating the conditions that get them to their end goal, which is. Food rationing, global systems, complete control using, uh, you know, some kind of digital ID. We were very dangerously close to the the vaccine being part of a digital ID. But I was listening to Ice Age Farmer and he just put out a story about Iran. They are the first country now to actually have a digital ID that you must sign up for to buy food. So, wow. of course, everyone signed up for it. Think about that happening here. I mean, everyone wants a smart fridge that tells you when it's time to buy milk and eggs. Well, what if it's like, hey, we've detected two cartons of milk. Your neighbor doesn't have any milk. We're going to send them over. <laughs> you know, people think that's crazy, but it's already in Texas. Those nests, uh, thermostats, their grid is so fucked. It's already happened several times where they've told people, not even told people, they remotely throttle the Nest smart system, it's connected to the internet, to like 80 degrees. And they're like, you can't turn your AC up anymore or the whole system's going to break. That's the kind of control that you paid for when you went to Best Buy and bought the new equipment and all this bullshit. Same with uh, Teslas and electric vehicles. They're going to say, well, because of climate change, you're not allowed to go further than uh, five, five miles from your house. Like they're, they, Those cars can be shut off remotely. So you pay $100,000 for a car that can be shut off remotely, you don't have any control anymore. You can't really stockpile electricity like you can gasoline. And I just think people are walking right in to their own well, look at this. jail cell. Well, look at this on MSN. Amazon has handed over 11 ring doorbell videos to cops without consent so far this year. Well, and Amazon's the worst because they are creating, I, I'm sure you're familiar with this mesh network they're creating with all of their devices. They give a little bit of your internet bandwidth to mm-hmm. that device, yeah. essentially without your permission. And they're creating this network of these devices that can all communicate with each other unbeknownst to you. Mm-hmm. Think about that, dude. They're using some of your internet, a sliver of your internet, to just communicate with each other. And who knows what, that, what like, information they're passing. Like if everybody has a ring outside their doorbell, they have the whole block on lockdown. Anything yeah, that happens true. on that block, they will know. Because if Johnny has one, let's say the neighbor doesn't have one, but the next neighbor has one, they can just connect the dots. Like the car passed here, skip this house, but it passed this one. That's what they want. Yeah, we're surveilling mm-hmm. ourselves. I mean, yeah, we're by ourselves thinking. Story. thinking, thinking yeah, the data for our safety. From those, uh, those Roombas, those automated... Um, Which even have cameras on them now. Map your entire floor plan yeah. and then upload it to the cloud. Uh, you think that Roomba's not selling that information? Of course they are. It's just, it's crazy. I really do think we're under this massive attack. The the things they did, kind of the COVID protocols, they are now applying to the food supply. It's really crazy. I watched another video through Ice Age Farmer of a deer farmer in Texas. He has 1,500 acres and he 
farms deer. Well, the government is coming around saying, well, there's this new thing, chronic wasting disease. Is it real? Is it not? I don't know. This guy has been raising deer his entire life. He says he thinks that the government made it up. But this is privately owned land. The government is coming on his property and saying, because of this disease that exists now, we got to come in, we got to test every deer you have, and we're probably going to have to kill at least half of them. This is happening in chicken farms and deer farms. It's happening all over the place. People are now paying attention to what the Dutch farmers are going through, that the government's coming through and saying, well, because of climate change and because of CO2 emissions, you've got to get rid of 95% of your cattle. Well, the cattle farmer can't survive with 5% of his product. You 100%. Take any business and then say, well, we're going to take away 95% of your profitable product. So it's like this, they're using PCR tests, which we all know around disease, all these things they use for COVID. They're now applying to crushing the food supply. And I'm wondering when people are going to start looking around and say, maybe I am under attack right now. No, I completely agree. And just so you know, Dana yesterday uh, driving back from the airport goes, Hey dude, this COVID stuff you've been talking about, you've been right. (laughs) The whole time. You've been right the whole time. No, she told you that? I've been in the car where she looked at us like we were crazy people. Yeah, she said it. She goes, I think you've been right the whole time. I go, yeah, I have. Now now apply this to everything else you've been listening to. (laughs) And I I, I agree with everything you're saying, uh, Greg. Uh, I'm waiting for people to realize there is an issue happening. And (laughs) we have allowed our... So this thing with Alex Stein's very interesting where he's he's in front of AOC and he's like, big booty, big booty Latina, juicy booty. And, you know, like the, the masses laughed at it. The elites got really angry with it on both sides of the spectrum. They're like, we can't allow people to be walking like that and, say, and and just approaching people like that. It's funny. They didn't seem to mind it with the Supreme Court recently. That's that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. And that is the side that the right is really upset about. But, like, why isn't that happening more? Why are our politicians allowed to operate in a way where they're allowed to just do whatever they want? And I'm not saying anything about violence. That's not what I'm about at all. But, like, we have no way of getting rid of people when they... So you get four years, right? You get to your whole four years. Why do they do that? Why do they get... Why do they get four years when they get in and then we realize that they are... They lied to us and not doing what they want. And I know voting is what it is, but, you know, it's just like we have a system that is no longer responsive to the masses and that it's supposed to govern. Mm-hmm. It's true. And when I have this conversation about what seems to be coming, sometimes people will say, well, what if we get a Republican in office? And, you know, what they mean is like someone not signing off on all this stuff. Obviously, there are people of both parties that do. A lot of the globalist agenda does seem to be wrapped up in the left. But, you know, I wouldn't put it past them to give us two false choices at every national election and both of them will sign off on all the important parts and give lip service to the other. But people will say, what if we got someone elected outside of the system? Well, I just saw an article not long ago about an executive order Biden signed that gives federal oversight of elections to them, which is really like, you know, if it wasn't rigged before, now we have another 
placeholder to make sure that you choose correctly between the options you're given, slaves. And, uh, you know, I really don't think we can stop what's coming at this point with elections. The way to stop it is really local, robust, decentralized food chains because it is going to get that bad. And it's crazy to think that planting a garden at this point is a rebellious act, but that is where we are. It's better than throwing out an angry tweet or, you know, wondering about Klaus Schwab's grandfather. You know, it's like, what more do you need to know about Klaus Schwab? What more do you need to know about the World Economic Forum? Are you just going to wait until you go to the grocery store and there's nothing there? And then look around and say, well, I should have done something, even though I knew all the information I needed to know, I should have done something with it. Summer's here, the weather's gotten warmer, and Factor can help you spend less time at home in the kitchen and more time enjoying the weather with no cooking, grocery shopping, or dishes. Plus, they've got the perfect health-conscious grab-and-go add-ons like smoothies and juices. Luckily, we here on the show don't have to meal plan or prep, and we still eat well now that we have Factor. Factor makes it easy for us to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Feel good this summer. Choose Factor's calorie smart and keto options with their built-in portion control. They're a great tool to help you get or stay fit this summer. Factor now offers as many as 30 meals per week where you can choose from a variety of new meals every single week. On top of that, Factor gives you the option to change it up. You can select any plan size between 4 and 18 meals per week. Busy schedule for both lunch and dinner, no worries at all. Add an extra two, three, or even four meals to your order. Factor saves us time on the show by delivering chef-crafted meals to our doorsteps, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep, not to mention cleanup. There are no dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so you don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. Factor even knows your preferences. They offer vegan and veggie meals, keto meals, low-calorie options, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Head to gogo.factor75, the number 75.com slash tinfoil120 and use the code tinfoil120 to get 120 bucks off. That's code tinfoil120, one word, at gogo.factor75.com slash tinfoil120 for $120 off Factor. I don't know if... If 9-11 kicks this off, and I know this stuff has been going on for a while, but the real, like, full-court press. The technocracy stuff, yeah, definitely. 9-11, the Patriot Act was obviously a huge catalyst. That's why I hear people saying, you know, the 90s were the best decade. And I'm like, they probably were, because that was the... Further we got the furthest we got until the the boot really got on our yeah neck. the the and early half of the nineties the early half yeah. of the nineties until Clinton's got in and deregulated everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was listening to this guy David Dubine. I'm actually I have him on the schedule. I'll probably be interviewing him in the next couple of weeks. But you know, he's the one who really got me thinking about the commodities markets and how 
not delivering food in these contracts can cause a huge cascading financial problem for the markets. And obviously that'll eventually make it to us. But he said that there's a massive grain delivery default that will happen in September, just a few months from now. And this will cascade through the financial system. And it's uh, it's rough because there it's it's like the because we didn't even fold in the grand solar minimum, but it's like the elite are riding a cosmic wave where they're getting out in front of something they know will happen that will make things really difficult for people. And they're exacerbating it through all these policies. But the grand solar minimum is apparently again, this is just what the people I listen to say. But the next maybe next year for the next six to eight years, it's a change in the magnetosphere that causes the jet stream to change. So if you have like a 500 acre farm in a certain area that grows only soybeans and then the jet stream changes and the climate there is completely different, you can't grow that anymore. You can't really just pick up that farm and move it to where it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, So this is going to be another problem for these massive corporate farms. It's not as big a problem if everyone in the neighborhood grows something and the community comes together and shares stuff. Then it's not as big of a deal. Uh, But we are reliant on these massive monocrop corporate farms, and that's going to be the problem. And uh, we walk right into it. But it's like we have a little bit of time to try to uh, give us some kind of robust food freedom before the shit really goes down. Uh, so about this this food shortage we're going to have, does this have anything to do with the 2,000 death cattle that died in Kansas or whatever? That's probably some does of it. Does that have to do with cl- climate change? Do you think that's... Because they're, they're blaming it on heat, but for two to 3,000 cattle to just fall over and right. die... Is, do you think this is an inside job or are they just basing this on climate change, which they, which they want anyways? Either way, it's their benefit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but my guess would be that it's something something fishy is up there because it was in what, Kansas? Yeah, they just fought. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kansas, like, I grew up in Missouri. It gets hot. It's been hot. We've always had cows. For them to all die at one time. It's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, dude, I grew up with cows. It's you know, crazy. I mean, with 100 head of cattle on the farm. And I've, yeah, I mean, it's it gets 110 degrees on occasion. And I, I've never heard of this. I mean, and the only way I could see this happening is if they were without water. And that, that, I mean, and somebody was just irresponsible. The only but irresponsibility or intention is what Yeah, I'm but saying. who who would yeah. let the cattle die? That's two to three. No, that's no, not that's saying. money I down mean, the it, drain. It had to be intentional or complete negligence uh, for, well, this, for something I, like this to happen. They really are blurring that line, though, because they're treating their animals like, you know, they want them to get almost as close to sick and dead as they can without tipping over that line yeah. because it's all... It's all income to them. You know, how little can I feed these animals? How cheap of food can I feed them and have them still get to the grocery store? You know, they're not giving us uh, robust no. health-promoting food. Eat grass-fed. Like, how do they just exactly, die like that? Exactly. That's, the other, that's the other component of this thing is like, I think it's nuts that uh, more people, at least in my own audience, have not 
done what I've been saying for a while to do, which is find a local rancher and get your meat directly from them. Because the time to get on their good side, I mean, it's we're, we might be in getting into a crisis situation and you're going to want them to know your name because they produce the chickens and the pigs and the cows that you're eating. And it's a superior product than what you get in the grocery store anyway. So it really is like step one to being ready to get through the next few years. And it's not even like that much more expensive to do, okay. it's convenient. I get a box of meat delivered to me once a month, and I know it is, you know, cows that have been treated well, that have been out in the sun, that have been eating grass, that have been cared for, that had plenty of room to roam around. And how'd you find this? Because, like, in L.A., if you told me, hey, go find a, a local farmer, I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, like, you would go like, to the same I, guy I go to, which is Doug Lindemood of Sunrise Ranch, but I do have other resources for that. There's eatwild.com. There's farmerspal.com and there's localharvest.com. And Perfect. all three of those websites are giant databases. You choose your state, your city, and then all the farms that can provide you with the best organic foods in your area are right there. I mean, you got the farmer's markets, man. I go to my farmer's market and there's at least three different stands that are butchers that are, you know, promoting their, their, uh, their farms. It's not all just vegetables. You know, there are uh, meat producers there that have booths. I'm sure LA has them. And you, you uh, gotta be so careful with this though, because they're grass fed, you know, is, is a, is a phrase that's abused in, yeah. in, in, in meat production now. Grass fed because, and finished. Yeah, is that, it? yeah, absolutely. That's what you need. Cause you're seeing like now sprouts, which is, you know, a, a pretty good store to get, uh, you know, organic foods. True. They they offer grass fed food, but it um, grass fed meat rather. But what I found is that it's it's all it's almost always just uh, grain finished meat, and they're just not telling you that. So yes, and and, and th- that ruins the whole thing. Basically. Wait, so that's, what what exactly true. does that mean, Johnny? That well, that means that they were fed grass uh, through part of their I life, but the then end. they were finished oh, okay. fattened up at the end oh, with, with grain. Grass. Oh, okay, with okay, grain. Okay, so okay, what are we looking for? We're well, looking this, for... You want grass-fed grass and finished. and grass-finished. But this is why oh. you know, even the good grocery stores, just avoid them. Yeah, Go directly it. to the rancher because when the infrastructure breaks down and they can't get the food to the grocery store where all your neighbors are going, you know the guy's address. Yeah. You, The guy has your address. He brings you a box of meat every day. As podcasters, you know, we survive on subscriptions. So when things are shaky, we want to make sure our subscribers are happy. You know, you keep that money flowing to me. I'll keep that product flowing to you. You think ranchers don't feel the same way? If they have a list of 1,000 families that they service, you know, if they have extra, great. But they're going to make sure those Uh, 1,000 families that have supported them. Your family to them. 20 and 2020. Let's do it, dude. They'll do, you know. Yeah, we get all three of us and buy no more meat from the fucking grocery store. Yeah, I think we should sit down and figure out a a deal also with one of these guys where you're like, hey, man, we'll put you on the website and you absolutely. You probably can't. I mean, Butcher Box is a nationwide one. Uh, it's not necessarily the 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 move to make because I believe they get their their food from uh, their meat from New Zealand and they flash freeze it and fly it over the United mm. States. It's fine. What it's better again cow? than the grocery store. But you want to support a guy who lives a hundred miles from where you live. Yeah. What about Crowd Cow? Crowd Cow, I'm not familiar with, but okay. more of these are popping up. I think it's similar to. There's a guy, Texas Slim, who he has the beef initiative 
and he just went on like an 8,000 mile tour through the heartlands of America, trying to convince ranchers to stop selling to the grocery store and sell directly to consumer. And here's, we're going to do seminars to give you the infrastructure to do that. You know, a Stripe account or a Square account, or they're, they're going Bitcoin and crypto. Sure. I don't think anybody is going to survive solely on crypto, but it's good to know. It's good to have. And when the government is monitoring all our transactions, maybe your rancher does want you to make your purchases in Bitcoin anonymously. And maybe that's where you're going to have to be because I, I think it's going to be like black markets for protein, for high quality grass fed and finished protein. It's going to be like you have to you have to have a relationship where you can make sales under the table. I joked during the lockdowns that there were some local bars that would be open, but their windows were shuttered and their door was closed and you had to know they were open by, you know, not being afraid of COVID and thinking the lockdowns were bullshit and being in those forums and those threads. You could find places that were open as speakeasies. I mean, we were there. That's crazy. I never thought we'd be at at a place in my lifetime where I had to get into a bar in secret, uh, but we were there and we're going to get there with the food supply too. So you're going to want to know this person and you're going to want, they're going to want to know they can trust you to keep your mouth shut when you have to trade currency for meat. You're making me want to send this guy my like Christmas family card. So he knows I'm family. Like he knows that when shit goes down, he's got to take care of me and not everyone else. Hey, that's why I had my rancher on the podcast. I was like, dude, I'm going to lend you my platform, and we got a good relationship now. All right, um, well, hook us up, bro. We'll talk to him, too. We'll spread the fucking word on that guy. I think it's very important because we're watching this stuff happen in real time. Uh, I mean, anybody that, I mean, my favorite thing is when people show a picture of uh, something at sea level from like the 1850s yes. and then today and the sea level's exactly oh, the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a couple of those. It's very and, telling, isn't it? And, and you know, it's like systematic. Now, uh, Greg, you've been in the game a lot longer than I have and you, you, you know, you've obviously learned everything. But I mean, when you start to study Club of Rome... And they're behind this whole uh, global warming. And then global warming didn't work because people are like, I'm freezing. Where's the global warming? Oh, I mean, we met climate change. Well, dude, well, no, you're forgetting the first stage, which was the hole in the ozone layer. Remember oh, yeah. That? Acid right, 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 rain. The hole in the ozone layer. So today. Also in the 80s, I think, is when they forced people to put catalytic converters on their car, which was supposed to fix the emissions issue. Well, well, didn't it? Like, why, why do we now have electric cars? You know, also, there's people online that have YouTube channels showing you how you can convert an engine to run on water. And then they usually end up dead. Uh, but how about we go that route? Because there's a lot of water, especially dirty water. If it doesn't have to be the cleanest drinking water, how about we empty out our toilets and septics, uh, filter that water through, and then use it, burn it up as gas in our engine? You know, it could be done. We can go back to why weed's illegal because they were using it as a a lot of things, but also as a fuel. Cars used to run on hemp and gas, hemp and alcohol. And that's, again, prohibition. It wasn't about drinking. They didn't care if you drank. They didn't want you to have an alcohol still on your farm where you could take the fruit that fell off the tree, put it in there, create alcohol and run your tractor on it. Rockefeller wanted you to be buying oil no matter what, and no alternative was going to be good enough. So hemp out the door, alcohol out the door. Now these people have figured out cars can run on water. Not allowed. Kill those people. 
Uh, <laughs> it's crazy, but we're entering a new phase of the same old mindset. Well, you know, man, we're in a uh, uh, weak men make hard times moment, and especially in a lot of these big cities. True. You know, we have seen the systematic moving of everybody into big cities, the bombardment of climate change, people mistaking uh, too many people in the city and pollution for climate change, running around, climate change, rich kids. Like, I'm okay with paying fucking more for gas and blah, blah, blah. If right. it's helping the Ukraine and blah, blah, and stopping, helping gay yeah, Ukrainians get that. abortion, you know, and I mean, think blah, that, blah, blah, blah. that know. logic. <laughs> you know, speaking of the Ukraine thing, that's an aspect we haven't really talked about, which is the World War Three aspect. I've been listening to more geopolitical analysts talking about that. Again, I'm just a guy collecting resources. Uh, but there's this guy, Joel... Uh, Skousen, who I have on the docket to be interviewed in a couple of weeks, he has broken down what he thinks is happening, and it's quite scary. Um, but he thinks, of course, Russia is testing the West and trying to capture areas that were previously Soviet Union. We are filtering thousands of, or, well, trillions of dollars to Ukraine. Here's what's crazy. The bailout in 2008 was $800 billion, and and we thought that was like, the craziest thing ever to bail out the banks for $800 billion. That is nothing today. They send trillions of dollars to this one area the size of Texas. And, you know, people don't realize that there very well could be consequences here in America for doing that. You know, people want to put the Ukrainian flag in their profile picture and they're happy to pay more. They want a TikTok dance for the Ukraine. But it's (laughs) like, do you think... Do you think there's ever a t- it's not a secret how Ukraine got the weapons and money. Do you think there's ever a potential moment where Putin says, you know what, we're going to send these subs that we already know cannot be detected by U.S. radar systems. And we're going to place them along the East Coast and we're going to pop them a mile off the coast and cause a tsunami that takes off, takes away every East Coast city in America. Uh, that is a potentiality. Uh you know, this guy, Joel, Joel Scal- Scallon, uh, Scousen, I always mix, mix, his, mix his name up with Joel Saladin, but he talked about the fact that the real thing to watch for is North Korea invading South Korea because there's a lot of talk about China going after Taiwan. Um, Taiwan. Well, we might huff and puff about that, but we'd let them do it, honestly. When it comes down to it, we'd probably let them do it. We might say sanctions, sanctions, sanctions. But, you know, it's going to be pretty much like what Russia's doing. Uh, we just huff and puff. But if North Korea, which is kind of a puppet state of China, invades South Korea, as they constantly talk about doing, well, now, now we're in it because we have like 20,000 American troops in South Korea. So we have to defend that. And if we defend that, now right. China's up our ass. And there's a lot of people who are looking at the pieces on the global chessboard and seeing how World War III is being engineered, probably by, well, obviously the globalists, but it's always, you know, all wars are bankers' wars, as they say. The economy's not doing well. What do we do? We always go to war. And it's getting quite scary that we could be getting into this huge conflict with Russia and China. A lot of people that I've listened to have said that we have like maybe two more years for that, maybe only one year. But Russia and China are building up their arsenal to be ready for this before they make their move, because they're going to 
do something that triggers a response. So it's, you know, kind of like a false flag, but there's certain things you can do to trigger a response that you know is coming. And the analysis of nuclear war that I've heard about, some people question if nukes are real, but replace nukes with really big fucking bomb. You know, replace it with weapon that fucks up a lot of fucking people. You know, I guess it doesn't have to be nuclear. But in in the political strategy for that, in wartime strategy, the person who hits second has the biggest advantage because the first person hits as a reaction to some minor thing. And then the second person has uh, justification for a crazy retaliation. So you do not want to be in the major cities when this happens, along with the engineered food collapse. You don't want to be on either of the coasts. You definitely don't want to be in San Diego because it is a military hub. Uh, you do not want to be anywhere where there are a big military bases because when these conflicts start, they attack these bases first. And then when they escalate, they attack cities. So you really want to be in a rural area with your fucking rancher on speed dial and your bottle of whiskey. You know, all right. And, where are you thinking? Have you seen this post that I posted on Tinfoil? Yeah, about uh, like, New York. Yeah, how they're preparing us. Like that's literally what they're saying. It's coming where, to mainland. Where are you thinking? Where are you thinking to move? For me, it's probably going to be Missouri because there are places like Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, you know, the Appalachia area. That's where Joel Salatin is, and that's where like really good fertile growing soil is and there's a lot of these farmers already there too so but you know i wouldn't go there because i already know people i grew up with in missouri and missouri and kentucky and tennessee they're all pretty much the same they all suck i might as well go to the one where i know 80 people that uh you know aren't gonna let me die out in the cold um but i really want to get three to five acres and start just day one planting a thousand fruit trees on that land who gives a fuck where they are just plant them anywhere you know two fruit trees can supply your family with a ton of fruit and so you just got to get them in the ground i think it's crazy that i've been looking at properties and none of them have fruit trees already on them i'm like why do you have five acres of land if all the trees are just like the woods that have been there you never ever thought about using that land to feed your family all right but fruit trees take time so I'm a little concerned about that. But, you know, you can spend the money to buy mature ones. Uh, Jim Gale of Food Forest Abundance, I interviewed him. He's a very passionate guy. Yeah, we love he, him. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, he's all about just throw it all in there together because the ecosystem is designed to work in, you know, together. Uh, the, the networks in the soil, the, the neural, neural networks, the fungal networks, they, they work together in ways that we didn't know about. 50 years ago. Uh, I like Tennessee, even though the weather's kind of crazy. I got friends in Kentucky. Oh, the weather. Johnny's North Carolina, but that's on the East Coast, bro. Oh, no, you go in the mountains of North Carolina. That's where you go. You go to Asheville, somewhere like that. You come down the mountain. You're protected. Natural natural defenses. What about if they do a big tsunami? You can see... it, Asheville's so... Dude, a tsunami wouldn't reach yeah. the mountains. It's, you're safe. Asheville. You're thinking Asheville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Because you can Also, still income tax-free, dude. Think about how much money you would make just by getting rid of the California income tax. Maybe you have a good accountant. You know, uh, I no, with I don't. First, that really no. is going to wheel and deal. I go to H&R Block. I go to H&R Block. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, my account won't break any rules, and that's what happens when you just use Yelp to find somebody. You know, the real the real connections are made like I don't know on some golf course or something. But I pay way too much in taxes, and just to move oh, to Texas or Tennessee in an income tax free state is like a crazy raise that I could really use. And when you think about it from that perspective, if you buy a house in Tennessee, income tax free state, and the mortgage payment is like two thousand bucks a month, and you got three acres now of, of fertile uh, land, that's a huge that that almost is a wash probably with the amount of taxes you're paying in California. It's at least going to pay for half of that monthly mortgage, probably more. You got me thinking, bro. You got me thinking. Every yeah. time I think I'm going to ride it out, I'm just like, maybe I need to get out or maybe get a second house and then yeah. have some just dirt bikes. I, I got to get to get out. Bam, bam, and then, bam. So you, here's, the, here's the move. You get a retreat in one of these tax-free states like Texas. If you don't want to go there right away, don't go there. You know, Stay where you are in L.A. doing your thing until the shit really hits the fan yeah. as long as you make sure you can get there. But what you do is you move your business right away. I mean, I don't know how you have this whole machine structured of yours, but I just have, you know, the normal S corp. And then I, you know, everything's funneled through the S corp. Uh, that's what I read online to do. That's what I did. Um, but if I move my corporation to the house I buy in Missouri, I might not be there for a while, but so what the company's based there. So hopefully there's some way to pay taxes as if I am there. Um, you know, people do that with Delaware Oh, half the fucking com uh, corporations in this country are their home address is some P.O. box in Delaware because they have really favorable corporate laws, corporate regulations. Uh, I'm Maybe not a all of the game, but headquarters yourself on our farm, our family farm back in North Carolina, if you want. Just you how go. far away is your family from Asheville? Put a mailbox here. It's like three, four hours. Something. I mean, Asheville's pretty well inland. I mean, there are parts of Tennessee that are farther east than Asheville is. Asheville's in the west. North Carolina's kind of shaped narrowly. It's borders, Tennessee. You know, Hill Country, Texas is really nice, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got wineries Beautiful. out there. That is such a podcasting and conspiracy hub. Obviously, Rogan's there, but also Alex Jones is there. So the biggest name in podcasting, biggest name in conspiracy, both in the same moderately small town. We also have Adam Curry there, the pod father himself. Would you move to Austin? I wouldn't move to Austin, but I might move to Hill Country, like Fredericksburg, uh, somewhere in there, because it's not the flat, boring land that I've seen a thousand times before. I didn't love Austin. I just came back from doing an event with Gordon White uh, in Austin, a live podcast kind of thing. And it's so fucking hot. It's an oppressive heat. You know, I'm used to getting out of the car and then looking at Yelp. Yeah, to find that's your problem, bro. You've been living... Me and my wife were like, we need to find the nearest fucking place with air conditioning and sit the fuck down right now. We can't be wandering around these streets. It's too fucking hot. <laughs> and you also can't grow like that. I don't want to be in a place where you need air conditioning to survive because I don't trust the grid going forward. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, that, there's no point of like having meat if the, if the fucking fridge don't work. It's going to go bad. There's no point of stocking up a fridge um, on me if shit goes That's bad. That's a fair point. Point, Xavier. Yeah. Well, not, well, you know, not really because uh, you can oh. either have solar panels with a test, with a battery, a backup battery, or a generator. You know, I if I'm oh. going to have five acres in rural Missouri, you bet your ass I'm going to have a generator. And that Absolutely. generator, the number one thing it's going to do is power my chest freezer. 
I mean, okay. I can do without lights. We can probably do without AC in the house, you know, except for maybe a couple of weeks of the particular weeks of the year. Um, but you bet your ass the number one thing it's going to do is keep the food cold. So you can get a generator. You can have solar panels. You know, you can do it off at the off grid way. You kind of have to. But you, I mean, good point. Like if you had a, a chest freezer and you're on the grid, well, now you have doesn't matter how much meat it's in there. Yeah. You got 48 hours and then you're fucked. Yeah, so here's what, here's, oh, it's such a crazy thing. Johnny, Asheville, are we going to go to Asheville? Johnny uh, loves mean, it's, it's, L.A., though. I do, too. Asheville's I mean, beautiful, though, dude. I mean, it, it is beautiful. I, I, do, I do wonder, you want some big city, right? I don't know what I want. I just don't want to die. You also want to fix your EMF environment. You can't do that in L.A. That's yeah. I mean, he likes uh, you know. I, I, I think like you, action, dog. You could like Charlotte, you, man. I Raleigh, do too. North Carolina is pretty good. I like to live though. I do too. I like comfort. How far like, is Atlanta? I like How about Chattanooga? I, like, I think that's where Tony Merkel went. Atlanta doesn't yeah. look far. Atlanta doesn't Tony, look far from Tony Asheville. Wants me to come out to Tennessee. Atlanta's about five hours in a car. That's a that's Four a big city. Hours. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, Tennessee yeah, is within hurricane range though. Okay. Oh, the whole East Coast. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, you're going to get in the Gulf Coast, too. You're getting hurricanes. Asheville, we got to get hurricanes. I'm trying to put Missouri that's on the why map. We, that's right. why, Cali, you pay what you pay. Right. Well, well you we, got earthquakes here. Yeah, but when? What the fuck does that have? Because well, we're, sca we're scared huh? of one, because we're scared of that one mighty one. It's coming, though. <laughs> I mean, it's a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. It no will happen. Imagine this scenario, though. Imagine this scenario. So if we get into that space of a digital ID to access food like Iran has already rolled out. And, um, you know, a, a, a guy I'm going to interview, he left me a voicemail today that he's like, you know, Sri, Sri Lanka just collapsed. He's got a list of 15 other countries that are probably in the next week going to have massive civil unrest, mainly because of food prices and they can't afford food. Well, if we get to that world where food is being rationed through digital technology, imagine a scenario where they say, well, you know, we're going to have to find another sorting mechanism and we want to make sure everybody's up to date on their COVID shots. Because if you can't protect yourself, if you can't go through the effort of protecting yourself from COVID with a free shot, we can't be prioritizing you in a food shortage. I think that scenario is possible. Yeah. I mean, dude, uh, maybe so not likely, but it's in the, it's possible. I mean, we just got to figure out where to go. Because they won't shut up on this. Will you leave XG? Yeah. I, I've been, dude, I can't, you can't, you can't, I can't listen to this shit all the time and want to Come to Missouri with me. I pay a lot of rent and never own anything. Like, that's your tip. That's how you and stay Mexican. And you're around my people, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, but it's not even just, you know, I mentioned that story about the deer farm in Texas. Well, that same justification chronic wasting disease they're also coming out and the government's limiting hunting they're saying hey we can't let you hunt deer because it's just too dangerous with this chronic wasting disease we can't let you do it we'd love to let you do it we know that you want to be self-sufficient and provide your own meat as has been done since the beginning of fucking time but we're stepping in for you and again that's you know where i go back to getting really it breaks my heart all the people just accept what's coming. So you got a guy who has a gun and knows how to hunt and has been hunting his whole life, a skill I don't have. I'm a little jealous of that skill. Are so you going to learn, skill. dude? I, I could learn. I could go out with the Gramerica guys. Jesus. <laughs> um, but, you know, 
then the government comes to your door and says, I'm sorry, you can't hunt because of chronic wasting disease. And then this guy just listens yeah. and he listens and, to, and his family can't get food at the grocery store. And now he goes out to hunt and he can't even get anything because the government went out and killed all the deer to save us from this disease they made up. Also, California is not restocking uh, the, the rivers in the north. There was something about uh, a disease or a bacteria that the fish got. They think it a bird flew it in. Again, you know, bird flu. But I think I have, in my notes, it was 3.2 million fish killed last year and about half of that so far this year because the government is justifying it by saying there's a disease, there's a bacteria in the, in the fish supply, so we're just going to eradicate it. And they're doing this with all these different foods, all, you know, where, beef, pork. Where does the Lone Star take land? That's the one that you get allergic to meat. What? There's a... I've never heard that. You've never heard of the Lone Star? You've never heard of it either, Johnny? It's a, it's a tick a deer has where if it gets you, become allergic to meat. Oh, really? I've never heard of that. Well, they've done some funky Plum Island experiments with ticks. And now you got Lyme disease and no doctor knows how to diagnose, but people suffer from it. Uh, and then I guess that crazy thing to me, all that tick stuff that's so far out. I mean, that's what they were doing, uh, in those experiments on the East coast in, uh, their labs before they had the Wuhan lab before they were doing like gain of function, they were using ticks and they infected huge amounts of the tick population. And now you get bit by a tick, you get Lyme disease. And it's a, it's a classic story that if you had talked to anybody who ever had Lyme disease, first off, the symptoms are off the charts different because uh, apparently the story is it's a parasite called a spirochete and wherever it drills into your body is where you're going to develop a problem well that's why it's so hard to diagnose but if it gets into your bone now you have like fibromyalgia your bones all hurt all the time um, but doctors anyone who's had Lyme disease will tell you I went through so many different doctors and no one would diagnose it with Lyme. And I kept looking online at WebMD. I'm like, hey, I think I have Lyme, doc. And he's like, nope, that's ridiculous. No way. For some reason, it's a condition that when people get it, they have a really hard time getting it diagnosed. And apparently you can fix it by just getting enough sunlight. Really? Yeah, I just interviewed uh, a chick who's going to be my next guest. Her name was uh, uh, Jackie Jolie. And she is she had Lyme. And then she started doing research about the importance of sunlight. It's way more than just getting vitamin D. That's like kindergarten level understanding. But she started doing, following the protocols, which require you to get up at sunrise and look at the sunrise, uh, not directly at it, but it's also not like looking at the noon sun, but you let your eyes without sunglasses look into the sun while you're barefoot on the ground. It has to be the first light you see of the day. Don't even open the refrigerator. Don't look at your phone. Don't turn the bathroom light on. Get out there and absorb that sunlight. And you do the same, you know, at noon you get some sun and then at, at night you get some sun. And, you know, she did basically went two hours on just the importance of sunlight and all the things it can fix. But long story short, her particular story is that she fixed her Lyme disease uh, just by seeing every sunrise barefoot on the ground and sunset and uh, eating seasonal foods because you should think about the foods you eat as carriers of light energy. I mean, we are light beings and the sun hits the plant and the plant makes the fruit and the sun hits the fruit. When you eat that fruit or vegetable, you should think of it as taking in 
high-level photons from the sun itself. So if you're eating mostly corporate food made in a factory, there is no sun energy in that food. It's just dead food. Fried food, completely dead. Uh, But if you're eating seasonally with foods that are grown in your local sun, it actually affects the circadian rhythm of every one of your organs. And when your circadian rhythms are off, that's a stressor that lowers your overall immune system and allows different conditions and autoimmune conditions to take root. Yes. Um, but it's, I, I don't like fruits and vegetables, you know, but that's why I've started to think of it as like when I eat uh, something organic from the farmer's market that's really brightly colored, I'm like, I'm eating sun energy that's put into this container that replenishes my tank instead of, you know, getting a burger at the drive-thru, which has no sunlight value. You know, I'm simple, I'm simplifying in a simple stoner college dropout way, uh, some pretty advanced level science that she really laid out in terms of, uh, you know, the, the absorption rate of these fruits and vegetables and why it is so important to think of your diet that way. Um, even eating fruits and vegetables out of season tricks your, it, it, it messes up your circadian rhythm because your body's like, Oh, this is a summer fruit. I thought we were gearing down for winter and it just, it messes your systems up because for millions of years, we ate what was local and around us seasonally. And uh, apparently our bodies are still conditioned for that in a lot of ways. So let's get into this, uh, this grand solar minimum. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, this is the thing that guys like, um, Ben Davidson of Suspicious Observer or Christian Westbrook of Ice Age Farmer or David Dubine of Many Ice Age Conversations podcast. This is how this is the real thing that the elite are using as climate change. They know there are cycles in our system. And these researchers say we are entering what is a 400 year cycle where the magnetosphere weakens and the jet stream is thrown off and it creates lower crop yields overall, and it completely shifts the areas of the country that are best for growing. So regular people like you and me and our neighbors, we can pivot quickly uh, to either moving ourselves and our families or just having a, a more decentralized food chain everywhere rather than these corporate farms that can't make that kind of pivot or change. But I think the elite know this. And so if you look at the places where Bill Gates is buying farmland, I'm sure he's buying it in what his best climatologists say will be the the new best area to grow when the jet streams switch because of the grand solar minimum. Um, And this is the cosmic wave that I really think the elite are riding. They are saying it's climate change, man-made, and it's, you know, we have to limit your water usage and your electricity and your carbon footprint because of the system. But meanwhile, we will see the effects of a grand solar minimum in the real world, and we'll be like, oh, my God, I guess they're right. Like, something is happening to the climate. There is more extreme weather, but it's a natural cycle. You're completely right. They do that with the stars, astrology. They know, like, the different... Like uh, and any any astrologer worth their salt is also reading the stars and saying, "This doesn't look good. The next five years, ugh, ooh, doesn't look good. We're going through our Pluto return, which is something that a lot of astrologers talk about. Uh, individuals have never seen a Pluto return because it's a two hundred and fifty year cycle, but it's Pluto coming back to its place where it was in the sky when you were born." 
and it's not good. It's one of the planets that usually brings a lot of difficulty. Um, I guess the general, what do they say? I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the malefics and it brings a lot of negativity and pressure to, to a situation to provide an opportunity for growth. That's how they kind of try to put a, you know, rose colored glasses on and say, well, it provides you an opportunity, but it's a very difficult time. And it does provide an opportunity because the way I see the story going is the food supply chain collapses. A lot of people, unfortunately do starve. And the people who are left are like, I will never fucking depend on a corporate infrastructure for my food ever again. Yep. And I and do. Yep. I agree with that. Happen. And I really 100% believe that this there's also a little bit of like we are they know change is coming they're trying to get in front of change and yes. i think we are we are we are getting rid of an old system and it's going to get really nasty it i is. do believe that we're going to come out on top in the long run i mean i'm just personally somebody who goes you know there's laws of the universe in my humble opinion and these these parasites are the elites are not bigger than that. And maybe they're reading the stars and all that stuff and understanding that times are changing. Their power position is, uh, is I think they're going to lose the grip. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But you know what you're saying is like, we realize that we're no longer going to rely on corporations mm -hmm. to do that. I think people are realizing that with jobs. I mean, we know people who worked in these corporations and it's hell. Human resources, uh, you know, pronouns, all this crazy stuff. People are like, <laughs> I'm a super creative person. Why am I making this other person money and while having to just go through hell for this fucking check? Why can't I figure out a way to do it on our own? And, you know, and Carl, Greg, you did that way before a lot of other people do it. And I'm sorry, I flunked first grade. I mean, like, I, I say that because, like, look what I've created. The blessings I've had people like the guys on the show, Eddie Bravo, all these other people that have a lot helped me to flourish, you know. But the truth is, like, I was dead in the water for a very long time. And then the internet came along and fucking created a way that I could use my one skill set that I had, which was talking shit. Okay. And people enjoy it. I am blessed. Yes. I am blessed. But guess what? Everybody has a skill set that they can find a way to make money on the internet or starting their own business. And you know what? I'm tired. Oh, I'm so tired. Yeah. So was it your great ancestor who worked 19 <laughs> jobs and had to fucking figure out a way to pay the bills. Guess what? They didn't have vacation time. Guess what? They didn't have fucking, you know, couples therapy and all. They just did it. They did it. They yes. did it. And not to interrupt your rant, but another thing people can do is make themselves useful, not to beat the same old drum, make themselves useful to that local rancher. If you know someone who has 50 acres in the family and they grow, uh, they have cattle out there, but they, and they know that they want to supply food to their community, but they don't know how to do it, make them a Squarespace website and run it for them. Make yourself irreplaceable to the rancher, and you're going to make sure you get fed. Yeah, you're completely right. He doesn't know how to make a Squarespace. He doesn't know how to use Shopify. And if yeah. he needs to ship, you go up to him and be like, hey, I don't have money to buy food, but if I do this for you, 
Trade, trade. It's like an trade, engine shape. Bro. Yeah, it's like a trade. If you know trade. how to do something, yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's going to be uh, a useful advice for people in a couple of years. I mean, maybe even a couple of months. It's so, it depends on who you listen to. Some people are like, we don't get through the end of this year without everybody knowing that we're on the brink of collapse. And that's scary because, I mean, time moves so fast. I have a nine-month-old baby now. I feel like she was just born, and you're telling me that in nine months from today, uh, I'm going to either have to hunt my food or beg the rancher to keep me on his uh, supply list. That's scary because it feels like a blink of an eye. feels like I already need to have moved yesterday. It seems fundamental to this, too, is not being afraid to communicate with people our neighbors, you know what I'm mean? saying? Because yes. we've been shut down. The internet has shut us down from interpersonal, actual interpersonal that's communication. True. And I, I think a lot that's going to be the hardest part for a lot of people doing, you know, what you described, right? It, it's just actual the actual fact of, of calling someone up or going to visit someone in your community. Mm-hmm. We've well, got to get over that. Is, I, there any, so. is there any farmers in the metaverse that I could uh, link up in with? In the metaverse? Yeah, you know. Well, in the future. Yeah, that's the thing. They want you living in the metaverse <laughs> while your real body shrivels away to nothing. What are you going to eat? Eight bits? Yeah, good luck, good luck eating uh, you know, Minecraft cucumbers or whatever. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're going to be eating cockroaches, dude. So, you know, I like to believe that this is a, this is a change uh, that the old guard is on the way out. Um, you know, when you watch the turmoil happening in Europe, we now see Armenia's going nuts. Uh, mm-hmm. Sri Lanka. All right. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Is it possible that, you know, when, when the New World Order and the WEF wanted to push this vaccine uh, virus uh, giant um, agreement with all the I'm, I'm the words, I'm not saying them correctly, but uh, treaty. There it is. This yeah. virus treaty, that uh, epidemic treaty that the WEF wanted to push that fell flat. Does that give you any hope at all? It does. I mean, ultimately, this is what Gordon White says. This is what Chris Knowles say. These are my true norths. I love these guys. They will do all this kind of analysis that I'm doing a very poor job of relaying here. And then I will get to the point that I feel like I should be breathing into a paper bag. I'm about to have a heart attack. And then they will say, look, this is the plan, but they will ultimately fail. And that's the silver lining is, but it doesn't mean a lot of people won't suffer before they fail. It doesn't mean that if you haven't done some preparation, you're going to get through it. Okay. Before they fail. We have to eat every couple of days. So how long can you go, you know, with a gap in that? Not very long. So if you don't have anything prepared at all and you live in a state like California where the, the places we live in are small and they don't have basements. So you know that not only are you not prepared, but everybody around you is also not very prepared. And shit's going to get yeah. crazy when, no, when they yeah. know you're not prepared. Yeah. Yes. So, and there's only one, uh, one or two highways out of town. Good luck. You will run out of gas on that highway and start walking and die somewhere in the desert. Arm yourself. Uh, <laughs> Arm yourself and load up on oil. A lot of the people we know. Um, it's just crazy, you know. I just me and my wife's anniversary was the other day. We go out to a nice dinner, and all I can think about is I'm looking around at all these people. I'm like, they have no idea. They have no <laughs> idea that this might be one of the last good meals they have. I hope they're fucking enjoying it. Um. um so. I want to get into, so, like, when you look around these people, like, they have no idea. I'm also in a place where I can't save those people. The people that listen to your show, 
Craig, people listen to our show, people listen to some of the other great shows that are out there. And you know, every day uh, a new conspiracy podcast starts, and I love that. And I try to help the ones that are, you know, working hard and show love. And I'll, I, I mean, dude, I'll, I've had people on the show with like, that, like I've, I, you know, I always bring up the human vibration, but you know, I had her on when she had no followers on Twitter, and because she had an interesting idea. So I, yeah, like, I'll have anybody on, right? Because I, the more the merrier. They might reach somebody that won't listen to my show. So the more the merrier. Help them up. Help them achieve their goal. Help them become, you know, you know what Greg is, what we are to a point, an American success story, right? So I want to help help them all. But, you know, yeah. when a video comes out, and I don't even know if it's real, we just take it for, um, you know, at face value. And it's a video uh, in uh, New York City of a monkeypox vaccine station. And there's a line of gay men lining up that. to take care of, uh, to take this vaccine. Monkeypox vaccine. I yeah, don't I know if that's, if someone's just taking an old video and putting it, and saying this is for monkey pox. I can't yeah, say that. a Ricky Martin concert. Right. Oh, Ricky Martin's <laughs> going through his own Ooh. problems right now. I know. They I all know. eventually dicey, get dicey. Dicey. But, but <laughs> the point is this. I can't save those. If that video is real, I can't save you. No. If you, particularly as a gay man, is in line for a monkey pox vaccine that they've used the exact same story that they use for AIDS and to get you to take AZT. I can't mm -hmm. do that for you. I can't, and I can't shed a tear for you. I just can't. Yeah. There are a lot of photos, by the way, of just other news stories going out of people in line, like these long, just dudes for monkey pox oh. vaccines. I can't save you. I totally agree with you, Sam. And, you know, that is why one of the things I did, you know, I'm a little semi-ashamed of it, but I ripped off No Agenda's meetup protocol and calendar system that they have. Uh, but, you know, Adam Curry is the podfather, so pretty much if you're podcasting, you're, you're ripping them off anyway, I guess. So what's another idea? But what they did that is so genius is they have a meetup calendar where any other listeners can just make a meetup and say, Hey, we're meeting up at this bar. We're all fans of this podcast. Come on out and let's meet each other. Uh, I felt during COVID that that was so important that I made a higher side meetups calendar. And I even tell my audience when I'm plugging that, then I'm like, Hey, if you know other shows that want to just, instead of everyone having their own, meetup calendar like if you just want to throw something on mine that says hey uh, i'm a fan of the higher side chats but i also love tinfoil hat and i want to meet people who love either show or both shows um who gives a shit i mean we're all the, the point is that we need to know the right people because when you make your point about we can't save the dudes in line for the monkeypox vaccine you are right and a lot of my friends are i mean i don't even know if 10% of my friends are unvaccinated from COVID. It's unfortunate because the conspiracy stuff didn't really enter into a lot of my friendships. My friendships are based on history and how much fun I have with the person. And I let the conspiracy stuff just be off the table in a lot of cases. Why do I care what you think about 9-11? It doesn't matter. But COVID, it really did matter what a person thought of that. And if they saw it from a conspiratorial standpoint, because it's in your fucking face every minute of the day. You know, can we gather? Are you willing to see me? Are we going to have a Zoom birthday party? Like that, my birthday is March 25th. The very first thing that got canceled in my group of friends is people started 
talking to each other about not feeling comfortable coming over to my house. So we were just like, fuck it. Okay, we'll cancel it. And we'll just have drinks on Zoom. It was embarrassing and stupid. Um, and, you know, it's because I had to cater to the people who who don't see it the way I see it because I've, those are the friendships I've chosen. Well, now I made this meetup calendar because I want my network to be made up of people who, when the next crisis comes on TV, they're not like locked inside, afraid to see me. I mean, I want people who are strong enough to be like, I value my human relationships more than I'm going to give into the fear of whatever the fuck the news is throwing at me next. I, uh, I can't agree more. Uh, it's a, it's use that calendar. Yeah. I mean, I'm, we're gonna, I, I just thought, you know, man, I got to get something going on that. People talk about it all the time about having meetups and we need to do it. You know, when I do stand up on the road, I show up and I just go, Hey everybody, just know this is every conspiracy theorist in your city right now. You See, should all be talking but, to but each other. That should be the thing. Just because you left yeah. doesn't mean they shouldn't be hanging out. Yeah, for sure. Because because when I'm there, they're all vibing. They're like, "Oh, that guy. Did you hear that guy's story? Did you hear that?" And then I'm pretty sure they all go home and they go back to like their normal nine to five, where no one believes fucking no conspiracies. They they go back and they're waiting for next year. I mean, obviously, come next. We year. We have to find somewhere. But yeah, where we like all a meetup too. Too. It's like everybody move here. We'll all just <laughs> together. I like think Owen Benjamin did that. By the way, I think he had a lot of uh, his friends, his, his fans, uh, to come and. And I think it's a wonderful idea. Um, you know, I want to get into something real quick because we're, we, are, we are seeing, Greg, on a very big level, uh, civil unrest. And we always see where it's a small group of people versus humanity. And the only reason a small group of people have any chance is because the, the law enforcement and the military people uh, tend to be bootlicking motherfuckers who are doing the will of the, the masters for a paycheck. And I always go, hey, guys, all we want to do is go back to where it was, where everyone could feed their family. Do you not think there's a place for you in that law enforcement, military people? A lot of people talk. And listen, my cousin is a cop. I, I'm so proud of him. He became a cop just like my grandfather. And, you know, I am very much will defend that there's a lot of great cops out there. I'm not anti-cop. I'm anti-bad cop. Just like I'm anti-bad comic, not meaning that they're not good people or not that they're not meaning that they're not good comics, meaning that, you know, I'm they're assholes and they treat people like shit and I'm anti that. So I, I, I do that with my own profession and I'm sure there's cops out there that do that with their profession, but it's very hard because um, you got to kind of toe the line. You know, it's a very famous George Carlin bit about how he hates cops, but he re respects them because they fucking don't snitch on each other, right? <laughs> Which is like what we're seeing happening on a global, on a real big level here in America, a bunch of liberal pieces of shit snitching on each other. Now, it could go the other way too, conservatives doing that. But what are your thoughts on how do we reach these, these cops, these military people to have them realize... Uh, what is going on and why they need to... Because you see it happen in Europe. You see them laying down their helm, taking off their helmets, joining their fellow men and sisters. Like, like when we're pushing back, when we talk here today about what is going on, we're, we're also talking about cops' families, their, their brothers, their sisters, their aunts, their uncles. We're talking about d defending them as well. So what are your thoughts on all that? 
Well, I do think it's one of the elite's biggest fears is that there are just so much, uh, so many more of us. And if the enforcement class were to turn, yeah, I think that is one of their biggest concerns. But that is why, in my opinion, they got out in front of this with the COVID shot mandate. You know, people who work for the state, the military or the police force, if you won't take this shot that we demand you take that is untested and alters your DNA just because we said we want you to take it, then get out. And once you've done that, once most of the police forces and the military have been been so obedient that they took this random shot, I think they'll do anything. Uh, That was a major sorting mechanism, a strategic sorting mechanism to get any free thinkers, any conspiracy theorists, any sympathizers out. And uh, I'm not as confident now that that we can really turn them again. You know, some people can't be saved. It is a mindset. It is a mindset of the elite are trying to do their best for all of us. And we must preserve you know, the way of life that they've structured for us, or it's fuck that these people are criminals. I'm on the side of the people. We're coming in to Bill Gates's food hoard and we're going to distribute it evenly uh, because we got starving people out here. Or are those people going to shoot families that storm the gates of uh, like, you know, a billionaire's home because they're like, Hey, the balance is so off. We're coming for you with the pitchforks now because you fucked this whole system up and now none of us have anything. We're coming, uh, you know, for you, which they are thinking is going to happen. That's why, you know, Douglas Rushkoff wrote a, I think, a medium piece or a Substack piece about the fact that he was hired as a consultant for millionaires and billionaires to strategize how to keep the guards working for them in a in a famine, like in a, in a, in a supply crisis. Like, can I supply these people? Can I have enough in my bunker for my family, my friends and my 20 guards? And what happens when, you know, they turn or how can we keep them from turning? These are conversations the elite are having right now. They're strategizing how to keep us away from them when everything falls down. I think exactly what you strategizing. I think exactly what you said happened in Canada. They vetted them out. Yeah, they vetted yeah, exactly. them out, and that's why no one stood up for the convoys. That's why those cops were like, "I already took the jab. Hurry up and take it." Or else. No, it, well, it, listen, agree. dude. This has been a long, long, long plan, and one of the plans was to move everybody from the small cities into the big cities, yes. get them to work for corporations. Because once you work for a corporation, it's impossible to have an individual voice because you'll never get a promotion. So what we're seeing when you have these dumb fucks. Sitting there going, I think men can give birth. Do they really believe that? I mean, maybe they've convinced themselves. I've seen people convince themselves of a lie before. I've seen them do it. But the reality is, man, they have to say that because they know they'll never move up in their job if they voice any kind, if they press a little bit on the brake to that bullshit. And that's done purposefully. And that's why you see, like, most of Canada is, like, their red is still our blue, but... They're, they have their conservative version. But the problem is, Toronto is so much of Canada's population. It's like a giant city. Now, Canada's only 20 mil, but a lot, not all of it, like a, a quarter of it, I think, might be in Toronto. Like, there's, I think there's like 
two, yeah. three million people there. And they're all working in the corporate world and they have to play ball. Well, it's it's like the swimmers. Remember when the swimmers kept coming out about how they didn't like Liam, Liam but they wouldn't show their face? It's like, dude, you're not helping the fucking cause. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any parent that would allow their daughter to go to Penn University right now is a fucking idiot. Why right. would you even put your daughter in a place where she would have to be on a team with a guy who wants to cheat and then tra- probably try to have sex with your daughter? I mean, well, let's well, face dude, it. I sent you that story today about the, the prisoner that had yeah. to move out of the women's prison because he kept getting chicks pregnant. Oh, wow. I mean, All that stuff is so insane. I mean, it's so insane. But it's also like just it, it's such a small amount of people, but it gets so much real estate in it. our minds and in our news cycle. And it's like, you know, when your kids are begging you for an apple, you can die knowing that you acknowledge that trans men can get pregnant. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, that's the thing that we really need to, you know, you can put the, the you can wear the liberal ribbon and you can know that you own that merit badge um, while your kids wonder when they'll have a hamburger again. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to say one thing and, uh, you know, you look at cor- you look at you know cu- uh, you know cultural Marxism, and you look at Marxism, which leads to communism, and you look at what that represents, and you look at the people who inevitably always get marginalized, and it's always women, ethnic minorities, and alternative lifestyles every fucking time, mm-hmm. and that's the people shouting cultural Marxism the most because they've lived in such a bubble in their life. They don't think war can come here. They just yeah. don't. And they don't think it's ever going to change. They think this is life. And it's not. Right. Yeah, it's a major fantasy that we've all bought into. And those, you know, blue-haired <laughs> he-she-soy boys are the ones who are going to get hit the hardest. I saw a, a, a funny meme that kind of hit on that point, which was like, you know, I'm such a rebel... I'm such a counterculture rebel revolutionary uh, that all my points conveniently align right up with the corporate, mm. <laughs> the whole corporate world. Yeah. Like, you know, climate change, uh, gender issues, like all the stuff that the corporations are constantly like shoving out at us, which, you know, Adam Curry's really good about that. Um, what is the term he uses to talk about that? Uh, ESG, you know, environmental social yep. governance yep. that is uh that whole checklist that big investment firms have created to basically give a social credit score to corporations and so if you don't put up the ukrainian flag if you don't do something for pride then your esg score goes down and you're not investable and we know that in corporate america if you're not making 10% year after year till infinity, you're basically bankrupt because that's the cutthroat structure we created. So these companies are bending over backwards to comply with every social signal that they need to. But it's just like it's all surface level bullshit. It doesn't it mean anything. It does. And it, you're totally right. And it's all. And I'm thankful for ESG because ESG has allowed us to talk about cultural Marxism without being called anti-Semitic, right? Because that's what they used to do. Now we have a term for it, and it's ESG. And they had to create it 
because they need to turn it into a fucking uh, 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 a weapon to destroy from the inside. And these useful idiots don't understand what they're doing. You know, every, I mean, I don't think uh, Greg watches, but back in the day when I, I gave a shit about television, I always found, you know, um, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race hilarious, right? You'd watch it. But you watch what RuPaul's done, the shows that they've done. Like, they, he, he had the show on uh, uh, Netflix where he was like the guardian angel to yeah. a homeless kid. Yeah. And you knew that was going to drive everybody crazy. But he didn't care because he's making that money. He's getting paid a fat check and he's an opportunist that steps right into that and makes his entire group look bad. They don't care. They don't care. It's a queer eye. I mean, it's right? Something. It's just like, and it, it, this notion that every queer eye, you know, uh, you know, there's this really great uh, Instagram thing called uh, Gays Against Groomers. And they're, they're yeah, highlighting... People who are against that. And there's so many gay people that are just like, I just wanted to be able to get married, not to have fucking sex offenders reading to children in kindergarten class. Right? Oh, no post yet. Oh, there it is. Right? I mean, like, but they don't realize that they're being used as pawns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's that's what Ricky Martin did. He groomed that kid. Go on. What, Craig? We'll oh, just it. so many different groups have that issue that they're being used as pawns for one thing or another. That is one layer of it that you're outlining there for sure. Yeah. I mean, BLM. I mean, dude, have you seen that story on BLM about them protesting the woman, I think, in um, Minneapolis? Did you see the thing about the uh, money embezzlement and the leaders of the organization having like three houses and none of that donated yeah. money going anywhere but into the pocketbooks of... Uh, five people. You know what I heard? Have you heard nibbling? No. That's a sibling. That's a, like your sister-in-law. That's your, your nephew, your niece. But you can't call him nephew or niece because that's gender assignment. So it's it's nibbling. It's your brother's uh, sibling. Nobody does this. Yeah. I know. Uh, I heard it. I heard it. In, I heard it out in the wild. I was like nibbling, and I did. I didn't say yeah. nothing. I fucking hold on. Somebody was saying yeah. nibbling at a uh, we don't smoke the same event. <laughs> no, it was just at a regular like a fucking at, at the mall and no, shit. It happened, dude. And the hey, thing, yeah. Sam, is you know you talk about how people have to hear that shit when they go to work and comply. That's the what thing it is. is. We know about human psychology is that if somebody's forced to do that enough, mm-hmm. they're going to take it on board. You know, just so they don't have that cognitive dissonance. <sighs> yeah, so right. and, and, and and you said you know you wouldn't send anybody to pen. That whole, the whole, it's the whole university system. I mean, it's, it's brainwashing. Well, that's people. why people the are, thing. dude, the schools are seeing their, their numbers dropping. Yeah, it's, I mean, I wouldn't send, I don't know if I'd send a kid to any public school right now. Maybe not Agreed. any school at all. And that I'm type sure of shit. I'm right. sure that's something you're thinking about, Sam, but yes, all the that's time. another reason why I got to get out of California. When my kid is kindergarten age, uh, she's not getting the shots. She's not getting the COVID shot. She's not getting the other ones. So I guess she can't go to school in California. So I might as well leave now. And if I leave and I get five acres and I learn how to tend land and grow food and I've got friends coming over because my food is better than what they can get in a grocery store and the supply chain stays intact and World War Three doesn't happen. And this is just another case of a conspiracy theorist thinking that the sky is falling. Am I going to be disappointed that I learn some skills and am more self-sufficient and have five acres and don't rely on the supply chain. No, I really won't be. So I think it's a win-win for everybody to make that move. Um, you know, he's, she's, they's, them's, and zers. Everybody 
you know, y'all got to eat. So uh, don't worry about getting misgendered. Worry about uh, how you're going to supply, how you're going to make it through some very difficult years ahead. I totally agree. I really do agree. And like Kanye said, they're worried about the wrong things. They really are worried about the wrong things. And it's really weird that Kanye is the voice of reason, right? <laughs> I mean, buddy, dude, hey, man, sometimes when you're so right, you sound crazy. And people go nuts. And I've seen it happen in my own life. And, you know, I don't, I don't get invited to a lot of events. And I don't get asked to do people's shows because I push back against this cultural Marxism and this conformity. And not just only the crowds don't like it, the, the comics don't like it. Because mm -hmm. they want to conform and not feel bad about it. They but want isn't there, a, isn't there a culture now of, of comics who have definitely rejected that whole thing? I mean, from Rogan to Segura to, I mean, a lot of comics. I mean, the ones uh, that I listen to the most, Tim Dillon, yourself. I mean, they're all saying the same stuff about, like, rejecting this. I mean, the well, Andrew Schultz's. Yeah, there are. Well, I mean, hold you're, on. You're picking, like, yeah, you're picking... Yeah, but dude, I, I mean, like on that, le there are people like Legion of Skanks, yeah. uh, you know, come town before they they broke up, and there is now a um, a world where uh, you know an environment uh, in which you can be politically incorrect and thrive. Ari Shafir has been a big part of that, but that's yeah. different than the places you go. But yeah. here in Los Angeles, yeah. when you go up yeah. to the crowd. And the word black comes out, everybody shuts down. They don't care. It doesn't matter. And yeah. they think somebody going up there shitting on white people. Like they don't they don't understand how ridiculous it is for them to laugh at a black comic making fun of black people and then a white comic bringing up something about black people. They don't they can't connect it. There's they don't right. want to be associated with it because wherever they go, that's just seen as bad. And it's and and and, and you can tell what someone's act is gonna be as they walk to the stage today in LA. And guess who wants that? The crowds. They love to not think. Cultural Marxism is not about thinking. It is about emotional reactions to stuff. And when I was going up, growing up in comedy, when I started in the 90s, that was like when you played a red state and you said the, the word Jesus. They would just shut down. Didn't matter what, what way you were saying Jesus. Didn't matter if it was super positive. You said Jesus. And no matter what you're saying, it's negative. And now you go to red states, they'll laugh at anything. And they actually get mad if you go over the top with, you know, fuck gays, fuck blacks, fuck all. They get really upset. They don't want to hear that. But they'll hear you make a joke about black people are funny, gay people are funny, women are funny. Because they, they're really, like I hate to tell, it, tell you, Texas, Florida, Arizona, everyone's welcome. And they love to hear jokes about black people do funny shit, everybody. I'm not going to not talk about it. Don't tell me I can't go on fucking World Star Hip Hop and watch some crackhead jump off three floors and walk it off. And I'm not going to talk about it. Got to talk about it. Got to talk about it. That's the beauty of uh, having the podcast, man. Is like when you do these tinfoil tours or these events in other places, the people who are coming are fans, so they are ready for you to say anything and everything you might want to say. Um, and it's not just a random crowd. I know in L.A. on just the every night you got the bachelorette parties, you got the, 
you know, the college kids who just don't know what they're getting into. Uh, and they think they're just coming out for comedy. But podcasting, I think, has got to be like, it's probably helped comedy even more so than conspiracy. It's changed the game. Being able to find their audiences and like, you know, a lot of, now it's like people like podcasts of comedians so much that they can kind of phone in a performance because people just want to see the guy they listen to every week. Yeah. Why? What have you heard, dude? No, no. <laughs> um, no, you're totally right. It's changed the game. And I personally think that comedy is about to take a quantum leap. Uh, it's going to be this parallel uh, system. There's going to be always going to be Hollywood and what Hollywood produces, but it, that will go the way of FM radio. Mm -hmm. And then talk to any friends you have that work in FM radio, ask them how that business is doing. It's on life support, but it will always be there. They will always be there. And it's never going away. They just make it into a podcast now. But, you cut but, off the music and they put it on a fucking podcast. Yeah, and they're like, hey, dude, listen to this corporate podcast, yeah. <laughs> which seems to work on, in, in comedy. You see people yeah. who uh, were on canceled shows and people are listening to their stuff. I don't get it because mm. you can get the raw shit. But, hey, man, some people just like brands. But I think comedy is exploding and you're seeing pockets like cities where like comedy's flourishing. Like Philadelphia's got an amazing podcast uh, scene blowing up and it's helping its comedy scene. But you know, mm -hmm. someone like Shane Gillis who got kicked off of Saturday Night Live, if there was no internet, he'd be, you would never hear from him again. That's right. But yeah. now it's actually helped him blow up because he's like kind of outlaw. I mean, Andrew Schultz just told all the streamers to go fuck off. Yeah. And he put it on his website and I know they were hitting him up. Of course, yeah, dude. So, and he said, fuck that. And he went all separate. Now. And he did that the first out of them. And like him and Sigour, nobody talks about Tom Segura and Christina Pajinski and how they should be talked about as the best to do it right now. Not just in stand up, yeah. but just the total package. I mean, they sold their show to Sirius Radio and now they're like, they, they're basically the podcast of Stitcher. And they like, dude. They everything they do even, comes up roses, bro. Even Louis. Well, you know what your role is, Sam, is you've really gotta let these people that you've been in their circles, you need to let them know about uh, uh what's going on because comedy can be a vehicle for truth that is just unlike any other art form and it's so important. But you know, sometimes I watch specials of people I really, really do like and I appreciate their talent as comics so well but they will make some comment about the dumb anti-vaxxers or something. And it's like, you know, what happened to the George Carlins? What happened to the Bill Hicks? What happened to the counterculture, anti-establishment, raw truth comics? You know, well, some they're people coming, are spreading dude. the line and they no. think they're that, but they're, they're really just playing both sides. And I want to see commitment. And, you know, that's your role, man. You, you're right in the... In the I don't know if you diagram, saw me in New Jersey. <laughs> in the Venn diagram of conspiracy and comedy, it is you. And, uh, you know, you know these people. So school them a little bit because they have a real opportunity. They think it's a risk, but look what Tim Dillon's doing. Tim Dillon just fucking lays it out there, which is why he's making six figures a month out of nowhere. Because he's just, he, I think he's filling that niche. And even him sometimes, I'm like, you know, you could go a little deeper. Well, dude. that's you why know? he is where he is. That's why Joe Rogan where, is where he is. And that's why Andrew Schultz is where he is. They're fucking incredibly smart guys 
who know that line. And I call it safe, dangerous. And there's nothing wrong with it because I want dangerous, dangerous. Yeah. Well, that's you're on the dangerous, (laughs) dangerous show. And that's why we are where we are. And that's why I'm not necessarily invited on a lot of these shows. Not that they don't love me because they do love me, but I also, you know, it's like a distance. They love you. Well, they love like when we see each other, we love each other. And like, I get it, man. You built this brand. Do you want the guy to come up and, you know, just bring some truth. Like, like there are, there is a part of pot. And I've talked about this and I'm not, I'm not talking about any one particular podcast and none of my friends podcasts, but you know, some of these podcasts are getting morning zoo-ish where it's just Big like, time. like it's just fucking zero calorie laughter about stupid shit. And Big time. and it's fine. I don't care. Obviously it's resonating people with people. Like don't, yeah. And don't but, you guys feel like but, that? Hold on. But the question becomes, are you the band on the Titanic? Are you just playing why the thing goes down? And, and again, I don't even have a problem with that at all. I really don't. I love it. But hey, man, it's like you're wrong. You're like you've you've called anti-vaxxers stupid. You told everybody the Russians sold the election. You did all this shit, and you're wrong. And I get that you're not going to go. I was wrong, but you were wrong, man. And at some point, you got to go. Hey, man, if I was wrong, I, you got to go. If I was wrong about that, am I wrong about all this stuff? I think you have to do it, or you don't, and you just find yourself in a bad spot when everything collapses. Yeah. Yes. I mean, cheers to that. <laughs> yeah. What I was saying, I was like, you know how you're saying it's coming, some podcasts are becoming morning radio? Some of them are becoming reality TV. The Kim Kardashians, the drama that they make, they make drama up. And you know what I'm talking about? I thought that was all. They keep talking about it. I'm like, just let it go. It sounds like the Kardashians. I'm watching the Kardashians all over again, which is not what a podcast is supposed to be. Well, you see these. Oh, I like Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. The, I mean, you saw that. That all started with Chelsea Lately when all these comics, in particular female comics, were going on Chelsea Lately and they'd be, see these reality stars doing anything stupid to get on TMZ because it would blow up their thing. And now you see them doing the exact same shit with the podcast. Just these fucking sensationalized fucking titles and just causing drama. And, you know, and it's just like, I want nothing to do with that. And again, I don't care what people do on their show. It's just like this is interesting times right now Mm -hmm. and are you doing a service to your listeners by talking about you know russell brand is a great example of someone who went from fucking just like not wacky but kind of like fun you know he got kind of deep there for a while but now him jimmy Dore, they're really like talking about it and they're in it and they're they're alienating their peers by being very truthful about what is happening and they will be proud of themselves in five or ten years will the rest of them you know, Jimmy Dore will not uh, have any problem with what he did in these times. But can other comics say the same? I mean, I'm so tempted to just go through a list of names because I don't give a fuck. I'm not a comic. I don't, I'm not, I don't even know any of these people. I just listen to podcasts. But I do, out of respect for you, Sam, I mean, we could get some major hits on uh, some of these subjects. <laughs> right you know, Johnny, you make the call. Do we let him go? <laughs> but, I mean, if you're not using your comedy... To talk about truth, what are you doing? We know men and women are different. We know black people and white people have tendencies to be different. 
Congratulations. Well, you know, and, um, you're totally let's talk right. about something real. Well, you know, 100%. That's what I get into on, on everything. And, you know, again, we're talking about Los Angeles where these people have insulated themselves with this lucrative fucking gigs. And even though nobody's watching any of this stuff, I mean, so much of the stuff isn't being watched. Mm -hmm. especially in particular comedy. I mean, I have friends who are on, you know, major shows. You go to their social media. They Nobody's following them. Why is that? Why is that? Well, because the show no longer serves its purpose, which, I mean, look at Saturday Night Live. That was like edgy comedy at the time. And they had wonderful political discussions. And when you talk about Saturday Night Live, you talk about Weekend Update and, you know, all the incredibly fucking laser sharp comedy talking about the political times that's gone and they're trying to get it back by letting them do it. it's too late man you burnt your bridges you fucking deep-throated the fucking deep state and you did it and it's not an r's and it's not a d it is they're both that they're yeah. both that they 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 it's the same people you're just not on the side of common sense and when jim carrey one of the greatest comedic actors and one of the best stand-ups to ever do it is doing a comedy sketch making joe biden seem sane <laughs> you lose all respect yeah. from anybody right. you lose all respect from anybody like how crazy is it that a tiktoker is technically be more famous than someone that was on TV. And dude, we have people losing, like, we have people losing their jobs in Hollywood, whether it's at comedy clubs or in in in, in production of television and movies, pushing this woke agenda and not getting any results from it. And instead of going, man, maybe I'm doing wrong, they, they just don't want to be judged by their peers. Guess what? Fuck you. Nobody wants to go to a comedy show spending $25 to watch bisexual, biracial people do woke comedy that nobody's laughing at. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, dude, I don't care what you do with consenting adults. But there's also something about all the old outlaw shit being done in the mainstream that doesn't make sense. It was done outlaw for outlaw reasons. That was the fun. That was the fun of it. To do it out in the open, it's like nobody wants that. Nobody needs to hear it. It's true. And, you know, comedians just have such an opportunity right now. And I think the system is scared of podcasts. I'm so thankful that Adam Curry made the Podcasting 2.0 database and got podcasts outside of the grip of Apple, where Apple had the shutoff valve to your entire RSS feed. But podcasts are tough to shut down in like one massive way. YouTubers, not so much. Obviously, YouTube has total control over their airwaves, but podcasts are so guerrilla and counterculture and you plug into the RSS feed through these apps where you basically make your own Netflix catalog of things you're interested in and they're all decentralized. I mean, that's what's so great about podcasting. Obviously, comedians dominate podcasting and there's just such an opportunity to fold in real stuff. I mean, you pepper in the conspiracy bingo card to your act, you know, Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, Great Reset. You come up with a bit on that, you're going to have a million views tomorrow. I feel like there is a whole culture that is so sick of the bland, vanilla, unoffensive, uh, very safe, like you say, safe, dangerous comedy. I mean... <laughs> 
I don't want to throw shade at any particular person, but some of these specials I've seen recently are like the masked singer of comedy specials. They're just nothing. They're just like, you know, a bland sitcom paint by the numbers, you know, hit the same marks. And it's just, it's sad because some of them are very talented. And if they had the right mindset, if they had the wisdom to match their wit, they could really like, really move mountains, honestly, in this counterculture by making people realize, oh, I never thought of it that way. That's why Carlin and Bill Hicks are always mentioned together. And there's no one who's alive today doing comedy that people add to that, except maybe Chappelle. Um, But even Chappelle's gotten like super woke about it. And like the whole trans joke thing, it's like there's nothing edgy or dangerous about black guys making fun of gay people. Wait, what's what's Chappelle got super woke about again? Super, I mean, like, dude, I mean, like, have you watched, like, listen, make no doubts about Chappelle is the greatest comic of all time. He'll tell you. I mean, but it's like, hey, dude, I'm sorry. He is. I mean, you have the right to say it based on the amount of how long you've been doing it, the things you've done, and the amount of memorable bits. Nobody, nobody comes close to Chappelle. The only one that might be able to bang with him is George Carl. I mean, George George Carlin. George, Greg Carlwood. No, uh, (laughs) George Carlin. That's it. That's it. Pryor just couldn't keep it together. He just wasn't long enough. It just wasn't long enough. And so, uh, you know. Gregory was really good, too. They are, but never got to the level that those other guys did. And, I mean, he's just great. But, you know, when he goes, like, he made his bones making fun of the white-black dynamic. But the truth of the matter is, right now, it's the elites versus the middle class and lower class. And he hasn't really shifted to that. Yeah, nobody's talking about that dynamic. That is so true. That's what I'm saying. Combining the right social commentary with the right wit. I mean, it's just a huge gaping hole in the art counterculture that we need. Um, and it's just like, all right, well, I guess I guess we'll deal with half measures and uh, and. I don't want to, again, I don't want to say names, but you know, I, I get what you're saying. I, I get the worst part about all of this is that these guys, you know, we used to, we talked about this all the time on this show, a lot of other shows. I used to do my edgier stuff in LA and then have to go on the road and dumb it down. It's the exact opposite of that. Now I have to edit as I go on stage. Do I think this LA comedy crowd can handle what I'm about to say? And the answer is usually no. Yeah, let it go, man, because the two or three people who really, really, really cared about that thing you said will remember you and become super fans, and that is the real path. All right. Carwood said scorch the earth. You think the bachelorette party that you didn't defend is going to look you up later? No, I'm with you, dude. And, and, and yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. My, my, my stuff has been like very fucking everything you're talking about. And it's just the way it is. And now I just going to go a little harder, you know, but you know, these, the, everybody in this town, everybody in this town is, is worshiping at a dying altar and they can keep doing it, but just know that it was never about making money for these, these, networks and these streaming services it was all about brainwashing and and putting you under a spell 
And what's happening is that nobody's watching this anymore. So that is going away. And they're going to fucking figure out how to shift it. And you're going to be like, what, 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 what? And you're like all the people that thought like getting on, you know, the late, uh, the tonight show and then getting a sitcom was the way to do it. And they can't, they can't make themselves get into podcasting and YouTube and all that stuff. That is now the, the, the preferred way of doing it because they just can't stop worshiping at this dying altar that like, if you're still working on getting on the tonight show, you are lost in the fucking forest, bro. Yes. Yes. I mean, people got to find their own audience. And honestly, the things it, it, like the times are, are so troubled and, and we don't have a lot left because do you think we're going to be able to talk about criticizing the globalists once a couple of bombs have dropped here? Like, my job and your job is over at that point. Like we, when, when they have rallied the American consciousness into this world war three scenario, people are not going to have the patience or the, uh, you know, the depth to really allow for the commentary we would want to give in those times. When we get into the real hot water, I think, a good section of people come at us with pitchforks for just criticizing the globalists. Because I mean, it's already happened. I mean, like that's team America, then get the fuck out is what they'll say. Yeah. I mean, the bombs are going to have to come and that's a big thing. And I hope it never happens. And I would say that I, I've been a little tongue in cheek. I'm on tinfoil hat. I'm fucking around. I'm I'm having a few drinks. I'm having a couple of uh, joints and I'm trying to have a little bit of fun with the things that I've been uh, wrestling with lately that are quite dark and scary. And I'm just trying to not, not so much lighten it up, but you know, because I think boldness is sometimes funny, really throw it out there in a raw way. It doesn't mean it's any less true. It doesn't mean I don't think that it's a good idea for you to actually find a local meat supply and food supply and just say, fuck these corporations. We know monocrop agriculture covered in glyphosate is not the way to do it anyway, whether world war three comes or not. So fuck them. Let Monsanto go under buy your stuff from the local guy. Who's trying to find his, his customer base, who's going to provide you with a much better product for your health. Um, And then, you know, Sam, you find a way to make that funny and you'll be the next bill Hicks. I'm working on it, bro. I mean, I got, listen, when you have a child, all of your weaknesses become very glaring. Yes. And I have two daughters and I realize I don't have a lot of man skills. Oh man, and we're girl dads. What do you mean by man, like? What do you mean by man skills? I, you know, I'm not uh, hunting, fishing, uh, building, oh, building, farming. Yeah, okay. That's, that's, I that's half of LA. The building Engine part. your fucking oil. I'm that's right half there of with LA. you, Sam. What? That's half of LA. Well, that dude, that's, that's so funny more. you say that, Sam. Because when the last time I went home, my family was kind of asking me how LA is, and I was like, I went from being the least capable person in my family to literally the most capable person in LA, in LA just from having grown up on a farm. Yeah. Hey, in the land yes. of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? My, my my girlfriend, dude, she loves it when I like when I hammer something into the wall or drill, you yeah. know, drill a hole. She's yeah. like, oh, dude, I, I didn't know. Do it for do the that. ladies, guys. Do it for the ladies. <laughs> but Sam, you know, as a as a fellow girl dad. I totally feel like I have maybe three to five good years to be the man I want to be that I want her to remember. Cause she don't remember anything before three years old. I certainly don't. So 
join the club, man. We got a couple of good years to be the shining example that we know we can be and we know we want to be. You know, we've been on the planet long enough to know what makes an ideal man, whether it's the skills, you know, being in better shape than we probably are, um, being well-read, knowing what's going on. Like, we know the checklist. And we got a couple good years to get there, buddy. Uh, I'm right there with you. A lot of deficiencies. Yeah. A lot of deficiencies that I'm uh I love my parents. They didn't give me some skills, and I'm very shocked by it. Yes. But that will not happen with my kids. They will know everything like cooking, how to do the markets, how to fucking invest. They will know all that by the time. I don't care. I'll be like, no, you're learning this. I'm going to love how it's going to be Sam's second old change, but and she's going to be like like an expert. He's like, I've done this a thousand times. Yeah, she's going to have it. (laughs) The other thing, though, I mean, my mom, when I said that, my mom brought up, you know, it used to be part of the educational system, yeah. all that shit. You know, shop class and and that's home home ec. Well, that's what they've done. They're 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 trying to make. Listen, here's the whole thing. There's gonna be two societies, okay? Just like there's gonna be two forms of comedy. There's gonna be corporate dog shit, and then there's gonna be this underground movement that was started by Death Squad, Legion of Skanks, and all these guys. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And like in college, one of my biggest things, like, how did you not teach us how to make an oil change? That saves you 50 bucks as a college student. Yeah. It's fucking 50 bucks. That, unless you're rich, you should fucking do it. Unless you got the yeah. extra money on oil change and something, you should fucking do it. Balance your checkbook. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All I'm that stupid you, man. shit. I'm with Sam, you. Sam, let's take a survival class. There's got to be some <laughs> ranch in Southern California that does like a one week survival class, mm-hmm. tracking, skinning animals. Let's, let's film it. Let's do it. We're I'm not against stuff, it. And we're making learn, content for the Patreon. Let's learn man skills. Yes. I'm in. Uh, Greg, I always love <clears throat> talking to you, brother. It's uh it's a pleasure. And I you know what, man? On this show, you know, we have to have these discussions. You have to talk about this. You have to ask yourself, are you ready for this, this, and this? There are things that are gonna be you gotta learn to hunt. I have friends of mine I grew up with, they love hunting. They know how to hunt. I'm not a big hunter. I'm not really big into killing animals, but you have to figure out, do you want to live or do you want to die? And you got to make connections with people. And this has always been the show, making connections with others. Hmm. That's what's got to be. And you just got to do it and we'll figure it all out. Uh, Greg, can you tell them uh, where they can find you, your website, your podcast, all that stuff? Absolutely. The HiresideChats.com. It's really the only place to go. I spent a lot of money making the website mobile friendly. And so when you sign up and you become a member or if you listen to the free show, uh, you can't you do have RSS feeds regardless for either. the, The plus show works in podcast apps just like the free one. But I made the website as mobile friendly and advanced as possible uh, to reduce all the friction so that if something does happen, uh, I feel like it's more censorship proof to be like, look, I control my own website. That's all I can control. And uh, they can't get me. You know, I might be down in Spotify or YouTube, but so what? Uh, so I say the HiresideChats.com is really all that matters. I don't do a lot of social media. I share some memes here and there uh, that are funny, but, you know, who cares? Uh, everyone else does that, too. Um, but yeah, there's a seven day free trial of the plus show. If you sign up, you know, it's a standard thing. So go check out the second hour of, uh, the interviews I've done. There's a lot of, uh, you know, paranormal ish ones recently, but in August we're going hard at a lot of the stuff I talked about today. That's what I'm absorbing. And I feel like it is important. And, uh, 
you know, we'll see. Better to be prepared than um, than caught off guard. I completely agree. I completely agree. All right, Greg, always a pleasure to talk to you. We don't do it enough. Uh, you were one of the original guests we had way back in the day. So it's always a pleasure to connect with you. I look forward to our next conversation and we'll do uh, it again soon. Guys, I love you. Uh, I hope you guys go grab your tickets. The, the second show of Comedy Chaos, again, is sold out. The first one is available. Grab your tickets uh, because when the tickets are gone, the tickets are gone. And on top of that, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, I said this earlier and I'll say it again. They might bring back mass mandates, so I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this on the regular. So right. get grab them now because this town's full of freaking idiots that don't that say trust the science and they don't study the science. Uh, so that's it. Grab your tickets there. Grab your tickets to San Francisco. It's going to be a great time. We love you very much, and we will talk to you soon. Take care. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. From the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack.